What's brewing, ATX? Ian Grossman here, alongside Jonathan Ratcliffe. Hello. And Mr. Greg Carlson. Howdy. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. Today, we're going to address a topic that the three of us have each been getting a lot of questions about, investing in Austin. So the three of us came together. We made a list of the top five things you need to know before jumping into the investing scene here in the ATX. So stay tuned for some great info. Um, We hopefully... Uh, we'll be able to put some more money into your pocket through real estate investing. As a reminder, this is your one-stop shop for all things ATX, from tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the real estate world, to interviews with local small businesses and those making a big impact in our community. And of course, we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit each week, so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you tune into your podcasts, and keep those five-star five ratings coming. Five five we love them. We love them. We love them. So, I said we drank on this episode, and the weather cooled down a little bit. It's not 100. Oh, yeah. said high 80s, low 90s. It's a beautiful it's Friday afternoon. cool for Austin, Texas, if you mm-hmm. ask me. So, Jonathan, feels good. tell the people what we're going to cool down with. On this beautiful Friday afternoon. Sure will. Father-son partners Austin and Austin, same name, Pittman made a charge to disrupt this hard seltzer industry, which arguably is probably the hottest industry in all the beverage scene right now, by focusing on high-quality ingredients and superior taste. They launched at the the height of the uh, COVID pandemic beginning sales in June 2020. Man, that must have been nervous. I think they were actually supposed to start, uh, they were supposed to launch a little bit earlier in the year, but, you know, COVID. Nonetheless, great time to start a business, if you do it right, in the marketing sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've taken Austin by storm, and I'm excited to try this out for the first time today. Uh, Have you guys tried this yet? Not. No, never even heard of this. Not going to lie, I haven't either until this, but Where'd you get this, Ian? Yeah. Blue Norther. Where'd you get this? Hard Seltzer. I actually saw them, I saw an article about it um, last month. Yeah. And I was looking in HEB. I couldn't. I don't know if they're in HEB now, but at the time I couldn't find it. A few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but stumbled upon uh, some Blue Norther at a market. At a market on South Congress. The Blue Norther. It's a pretty cool little logo. It's got like the the, uh, the Longhorn yep. skull on it with oh. the little ring, little pink ring. It says ATX. So we're gonna give her a try. Oh, it's crackle. So this like is it. the wild Sweet blackberry agave. <laughs> Are there a bunch of different flavors? Ooh, I can oh, smell it. As soon smack as it. Up. What do you think? Not that bad. That's really. That's no, actually not good, bad, dude. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not like you, a seltzer lover, but this is good. I think. Uh, All right. You know, if we're trying to stick off the stay off the beer, yeah, less calories. This is a healthier option. So this, when you taste other brands, it still like five percent alcohol, like. Uh, what's the other hard seltzers? White, White seltzer. Claw. White Claw. Truly. Um, truly. They you, they taste like there's fake alcohol in there. With this, yeah. it doesn't taste like that at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a little it lighter. It's very natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the wild blackberry taste too. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so their their yeah. focus is on, you know, the, the high quality ingredients. And they actually, the owners, the dad and son, were drinking White Claw on a hot summer day mm. and realized... 
the taste didn't do it for them. That's when they set out to create Blue Norther. Mm, it's good stuff. Yeah. So while we sip on these, mm, we'll jump into today's topic, which, like we said, our hope by you listening to this episode is to put some more money in your pocket because investing in real estate um, is a great way to build wealth. Yeah. Um, Jonathan is probably the expert in this in this group right here because he owns a couple investment properties. Um, but you know, as a whole, as a as a whole, the three of us have helped investors and helped build that portfolio. Really, is a great way to make money. But in Austin, there's things to know that um, are very unique. So let's jump right into it. The first tip is understanding tax rates. So mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Texas, there's no state income tax, mm-hmm. which means property taxes are higher than you're probably going to see in a lot of other states, which adds tax onto that monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Um, near downtown Austin, you're looking at about 2% tax rate. What have you guys seen as far as like, the low, like, what have you seen as the low end 1. of 8. tax rate? One point eight. Where is that? Manchac. Okay, really? South Austin and, and say, uh, Southwest uh, Austin by Dripping Springs. Yeah, and that's about as that's as low as it as gets. Low people, as it gets. people, when they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's one point nine tax rate," anything under two is is it's good. good. Yeah, yeah. How about the highest? Three point two. Yep, and that's up in what Georgetown? Georgetown, Buda, Sunfield, Buda. Even uh, has, yeah. has it? Even Eastern Park, is, Eastern Park is just over three percent. Really? Yeah. Whoa. What what is that? Like it's got what? a mud. Yeah. So the um, that's right. That's again something to know when you're looking to invest is uh, in areas that are being built out. They create these municipal u- utility districts, which we call muds, and they need to add extra infrastructure to mm-hmm. build out these neighborhoods, which cost money, and the taxpayers. Are the ones that pay for it mm. so yeah easton park um we saw what was the tax rate out in uh tiermo so, uh probably 1.9 because it's just up the street from here 1.9 because there's established communities there and it's not in the mud so yeah yeah i'm gonna get which is why it was hot so yeah when you're talking about cash flow on a oh, yeah. on a rental property if you buy a three hundred thousand dollar property in tiermo versus a three hundred thousand dollar property in uh, Easton Park, let's say, or or in Buda, mm. that's three thousand dollars a year more in taxes, mm-hmm. which is huge. So, understanding, looking at the city and knowing where tax rates differ is a huge, uh, huge factor when it comes to your bottom line, the kind of money that you're going to make, uh, especially from a cash flow perspective. What do you in the areas you're in, Jonathan? Are you on the lower end when it comes to yeah the highest tax rate that i have is 2.3 okay that's actually pretty normal right here in this here in this the neighborhood neighborhood that we're in that was your first house oh wait by the way no 1.9 here that's because they went down when i first started though it was 2.3 what and then they dropped it what i didn't know that yeah okay so you got the good so guys wait a second we gotta talk about where we're at holler at me we're in our new studio Oh yeah, Mr. Greg Carlson's spare bedroom converted into studio. He outfitted this thing. I mean, I'm in a leather brown leather couch right now. Where with like a, a metal backing, it's really cool. It's a nice one, and I I kind of want to sleep on it, even though it's about half my size. <laughs> it's just like you sink into it. it feels and we're good. sitting on these like black beanbag looking chairs, but they're like solid and comfy. So when we have our guests here next oh, yeah. time, it's going to look awesome. He's got podcast a couple, art. Yeah, some artwork, a little fancy light. 
Tables you, coming soon. You spoil soon. us, Greg. Side tables coming soon. Oh, yeah? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be legit. In a tree. Oh, Stay he, tuned. He uh, gave us all Nestle Pure Life water. Oh, wow. That's the good stuff. It was uh, it was the intention for me to do this, but uh, unfortunately the lady wouldn't have it, so Greg stepped up and that's all right. It's hooked up. That said, um, thanks, bros. We both have a house in the same neighborhood. Yes. Um, and that was my first house, as as is Greg's, uh, and now it's converted into investment property. And yeah, the highest tax rate that I'm paying is around a two point. Well, it was a two point three. Now they're both uh, three. Three of them are all. Around a two Lower, or yeah. under. So with that tip, look up the tax rate and property tax values are all public record. So go to whatever county you're looking in, Travis, Williamson, Hayes. Um, look at the Travis County Appraisal District or the each county's appraisal district and see what the property value was in the previous year because it gets assessed mm. each year. And, and another little tip is that a lot of times we'll get investors or clients um, – that may be even looking for homestead, but they're, they say, Oh, my budget is I'm approved for up to 350,000. Say that's great. Yeah. And it's very house specific because you can have a house that is 315,000, but has a very high tax rate. That's going to be equal to same. And especially not to mention HOAs, um, that's going to be equal to a house that's 340,000, uh, with no HOA and a lower tax rate. So just when you're looking at these things, just know that there's more to it than just the sales price There's you know, to meet those numbers that you're looking for. And it all comes down to what you want to pay on a monthly basis as well, how totally. much you're putting down. So just keep an eye on that. Love it. That's true. That's Tip great. number two, define the type of investing you want to do, whether it be buy and hold, fix and flip, wholesaling even though wholesaling uh, i kind of disagree with that it's more of a, a job it's a different animal it's yeah a different animal etc so taking on a whole it's known by locals and experts that that austin is a, a buy and hold and appreciation play year over year um the past five years we've seen on average around 30 percent uh, appreciation increase uh, for the majority of zip codes here in town. Um, it, the highest I've seen is just outside of Austin at around 50% from July of last year to July of this year. And Where that's in that? a city called Fredericksburg. Oh, wow. 50% increase in, wow. in sales prices. Yeah, there's nothing under $900,000 in Fredericksburg right now. Really? Yeah, on the MLS. Huh. It's pretty incredible. Which uh, is where the, the wine country is. is what's Texas where, wine country, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, you definitely want to define what you're doing. Uh, fixing and flipping, again, it, it, some say it's an investment strategy. I, I don't. I can't agree with that either. It's more of a, a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, there's books on books, and, and you are the operator. You are the, the, the comptroller, so to speak, that makes sure all the moving parts are doing what they're supposed to do. It is a very proactive sport. Not to mention – Austin is not for the faint of heart when it comes to flipping. It oh. is not a place to necessarily just get up and start going right it's away. It's not your beginner's market. It's no. not. And no. You can, and there's people that do it. Uh, it's just very uh, established market in terms of the, fl- the flippers here, but also it's a little pricier to get into, and there's the margins are lower. So you have to really be – you have to know what you're doing. and uh, just, Well-connected. You know, 
well yeah. connected. I feel like here especially there's you know, the so permitting. many factors between the, the permitting is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, price points obviously to get in are higher. And then labor costs, you know, between let's say San Antonio and Austin, it's a lot higher here because, I mean, it's just so hard to come by. Yeah. That these guys are going to charge so much more because it's a commodity. Now say you've identified the property you like and you're looking to put an offer on it. Well, we'll gladly help you with that part. Uh, now, when it comes to everything else, finding your vendors, who's a good roofer, who's a good contractor, and then the permitting piece, well, we know people in town here that are going to do a great job on the construction side, but also help you navigate mm-hmm. the permits. We have consultants at our fingertips that can help you get through that in the most efficient way possible for extremely yeah. low, low fees. People yeah. know people who know who to talk to exactly in the city mm-hmm. to get things kind of expedited. Cause that's, that's huge as well. I guess, and, oh well, no, I'm uh, just to touch. So, Greg touched mostly on on the flipping side, but if you are going to buy and hold, like, so Jonathan, mm-hmm. and I know Greg, you're, I'm pretty sure your intention with the house you're in now, you bought it um, with a 5% down payment, right? Correct. And were you able to cash flow when you, when you moved out after a year and rented out now, were you able to cover your mortgage? Yes. So Which that's is not- like- not very often. Yeah. Uh, I got in phase one when it was, you know, a lower price point. Um, and, you know, it, it changed or it, it enabled me to do that. Uh, and I put enough down. And then when I turned it into an investment property, I actually put a little bit more into it to get to 10%. Okay. Um, but yeah, I am able to cash flow by 150 bucks. Nothing crazy, but. But, but while you're doing that, while you're at least covering and someone else is paying your mortgage these properties in this neighborhood especially have appreciated like crazy. Yeah. So you're making money. I'm going to take the time to educate our, our veterans that are listening. I purchased this house with a VA home loan and the cash that I needed to bring to the closing table, right? That's my down payment, which is 0%. So nothing plus my closing costs, right? Minus my builder incentives. Whenever you go new construction, you use their lender. They're going to hook you up with some builder incentives. Which is what? Like here was maybe 4000 It was 7500 bucks. Wow. So I literally bought this house for $2,300. Now, let me tell you this. My client that moved into this place, mm. this, this happens to also qualify for a USDA loan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. guys, look into USDA. Mm-hmm. You can... Google search where USDA properties are. It'll give you a map. Certain areas that are usually more rural or up and coming will have this USDA um, designation on it, which essentially enables you, if you qualify, um, depending on your income and all that, um, to to get a 0% down payment. And so I have a client Mm -hmm. that did qualify. He bought it as a single guy, bought it on his own, and he made decent money out let's call it 75 K a year, um, got a USDA, um, loan here in this neighborhood when I purchased my home as well. And, um, he went to the table with the builder incentives. They paid for closing costs. He's 0% down. He actually got a check back for 500 bucks. Wow. Now that's not often that's rare. And this was not an investment property. This was a homestead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be cautious that investment properties, you will have to put more down, which we can talk about in a second. 
Um, but yeah, he's he literally came to the table with zero percent down. People just don't realize sometimes that there are opportunities for everybody. Yeah, you sure. know, as long as you have decent credit, steady income, history, yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of brings us to the next point. Let's talk about what is it? What is the difference between an investment property and a you know a homestead? Yeah. I mean, first is when you look at it as far as from a financing standpoint, um, when you're buying a home to live in as your primary residence, you can put 5% down or if you go FHA, 3.5%. Some um, some conventional loans, you could even put 3%. So there's a lot lower down payment options. Investment properties, you're putting minimum 20% down. I think there's there's options for 15, but it's a much higher interest rate. I, yeah. Like if right now the interest rates for an investment property, which are historically low, yeah. in the 3%, yeah. I got mine at 3.65% earlier this year, which it's even lower now. I know somebody who got a 3% interest rate on, on an investment? investment property. Absolutely insane. Free money. So at that point, you're stealing the money. You're if stealing. you're doing that, <laughs> and that was at 25% down, which is 25% and more down is like the threshold. They love yeah. that because mm-hmm. basically it says like that you're covering the cost for a lender. If something happens wrong, like they've made money already mm-hmm. on the loan. If you're doing 20%, it can be close. 15% though, you're going to have a much higher interest rate. And what I mean by much higher is like, Four and a half or five, you know, it's usually a, a point or two higher, mm. which is in the grand scheme of things, still not terrible. Super low. Um, if mm. if that's the game you want to play, um, but it's a difference. Yeah, sure. That's still historically low. Incredibly, yeah. And the main reason for it is the bank is just taking on more risk. If you're putting less down, you have less equity in the house. Mm-hmm. If you're buying it as investment, you're probably not. You're not going to be living there. Someone else is, and they're probably not going to care for it. The way you do, so all those things the bank takes into consideration. To put that in perspective, I bought this house at the beginning of 2018, and I put four. It was 4.25 percent down, and that was a good rate at the time oh, yeah. for a homestead. Now, if you were to get 4.25 percent down, even as an investment, it would be like pretty high, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Yeah. So rates, and I was happy at that time, under three percent right now. Yeah, for primary residence. So, so. People keep in keep the perspective that if you are at all motivated to do anything, there is not a better time. And and the strategy Greg's about about to use, the one that you used, 100%. buy your first house with less down, move into it for a year. They call this house hacking. House hacking, guys. Tip: <laughs> This is what I did. This is what Greg's doing. House hacking. Buy your home. If you can, if you have roommates, especially if you're younger, you're not tied to too much, you know, get other people to help pay. So for me, I had, it was myself. I literally paid $400 in a mortgage and then my other roommates paid 600 a piece for a total, you know, yeah. uh, of 1600 a month. And that was my entire mortgage. And so I literally paid like half of what I paid in rent the year before, uh, less than half. So you know, you do that and then a year later you can go buy something else or two years later go buy something else, have that full that fully full rented rental. out and you know, maybe make money on it or maybe even break even. Even if you had to pay a hundred dollars more or a hundred dollars a month yeah. on it in mortgage, it's worth it for Austin, Texas, which we'll talk more about in this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Fired up. House hack. Step number three. 
locate the large employers. Mm. If you're looking at mm. as an investment, where where are these bigger employers like Dell, Apple, Tesla, Google, Amazon? Where are they located in the city? In Austin, um, I mean they're they're scattered, but we're seeing, of course, everybody's talking about Tesla, who just came into town, and and they on the east side here, uh, probably 20 minutes from the city, 15, 20 minutes, which is not very far. And also, fortunately for Greg and I, we have houses within 10 minutes of that, 5, 10 five, minutes. Five, five, five minutes. minutes. Five. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's super right there, close. Dude. Yeah. So, um, Did you notice when you were driving over here, turning uh, off the highway, all the big like dump trucks and stuff? Yeah. Those are all going to that. Tesla. Really? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. We drove over... Uh, near the factory location they're just nonstop going in hauling dirt going out it's like wow it's i haven't crazy. even i haven't even been out there yet yeah and it's right down the street here um that said of course the second that they announced that which uh i'll I'm, i laugh because i was talking to a, a client an investor client and you know there is for savvy investors the ones that have been doing this for a long time they're much more skeptical of anything. Oh, yeah. um, and so when I'd say, hey, Tesla's coming to town. Oh, that's just a rumor. You know, we'll see. A week later, it's announced. Boom. And all of a sudden, you know, there's two or three communities out here that are getting built right now. Literally 20 houses in one weekend gone. In the same community, there's only 20 available gone. With bids on them and multiple offers, everything yeah, like which that. Which you don't really see with new construction. You don't. There's Normally, you just you just put your check down. You're the first come, first serve. Good. But now they're doing bids for investors. Yeah. 10% over asking price is yeah. what they were selling for. I put an offer on one. Yeah. $10,000 over. In Tiermo? They laughed at me. Oh, Parker Station. The, oh. other, the other area. Really? Jeez. Yeah. It was literally, I was like, oh. They were like, yeah, you weren't even of the top five. <laughs> I was like, great. Wow. Uh, and, and anything more than that, I mean- and yes, the numbers. I, I know the numbers are very tough. Like I know that I know that I'm in this for the long haul, so appreciation is more important. But I mean, come on, I, I can't be paying five hundred dollars in a mortgage just to get in a spot. Like, exactly. So anyway, um, point being is find those those big um, the uh, the big companies where they're at up north, northeast, the domain area. We of course there are some downtown. So they're kind of scattered in this city. Um, we were, um, Greg and I did a video out earlier this year in Millwood. And do you remember what's being built out there? Something around the price point of maybe a billion dollars? Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to bake a pie thinking about it. <laughs> a nice, hot, steamy apple pie. Okay. <laughs> so what's that? Apple. What do they, no. Oh, apple. apple. I see. That's that's funny. Yeah. I like what 5, you did there. employees. Yeah, right up the street. Five thousand employees now. Now up to fifteen thousand employees. So when you talk about okay, yeah, where are they going to move? We might not be in East Austin, but yeah, those people are going to move up. This northwest up near Round Rock. It's interesting too when COVID, you know, happened and everybody's like, oh, we're not we're working from home for a long time, but these buildings are still going up. Oh yeah, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of and you know Tesla was announced in the height of of the pandemic, and so. It's like, what, yeah. When what's happening in a time where you wouldn't think? I mean, Blue Norther started their business during the pandemic. Tesla yeah. moved to Austin. Go look downtown. Right, I had some clients that came to Austin for the first time today, mm-hmm. and they were like, 
we've never seen they've seen LA, San Diego, Denver. They're like we've never seen so many cranes in one city. Yeah. Like, well, it is insane. It all comes down to this and that is maybe I should wait till the end. Um I'll say it now. By 2040, Austin, Texas is going to double in size. And I honestly think that's that scary. that's going to happen before then, mm-hmm. based on the, mm-hmm. the the rate we're going. Well, especially with all those fires out in California now. Every, yeah. Okay, so everyone's coming here from the West Coast. Yeah. But also Probably. from New York and Florida and other places. But I get a call at least once or twice a week, someone coming from California. California. You just met with someone this morning from yep. California. San Diego. Yeah. Local. Relocating. Yeah. Um, so all that said is... That's gonna that's gonna lead to um, more, you know, home buyers, more investors, and you know, makes Just it more growth in all these different areas. Yeah, um, awesome. What's all number right. four? So just a quick recap: one, understand tax rates; two, define the type of investing you're gonna do; three, locate the large employers and kind of figure out where people are gonna be living. Mm-hmm. Um, number four. We touched on this. Greg mentioned something uh, a little bit earlier. Don't be afraid of tighter cash flow numbers in a rapidly appreciating area, which a lot of places in Austin right now, the numbers, when you're looking, if you're looking for a rental property, you know, if you're not cash flowing $400 a month or $300 a month, that's okay. Because if you're covering your mortgage, like Jonathan's doing right now here in this neighborhood, what did you buy your house at in Prado? I feel bad saying this, but two hundred and twenty-one thousand. And what's that floor plan now Jeez, selling for? Wouldn't sell any less than two seventy-five. And, and this was two years, this three was years, two years, two years, two and a half years. Yeah. So you're covering your mortgage. Your home has increased fifty thousand dollars. At value. least, by the way. At least, probably closer to three hundred. Yeah. And that's now. You're not planning on selling it. Anytime soon. Nope. And There's who only knows more. when the demand comes for Tesla. Exactly. What's going to be worth then? Yeah. Yeah. Next May, finished with the project. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're saying the, May. Yeah, yeah. Just read an article. Oh, well, you know how how the timeline goes with Mister. I Mr. guess you never know with Tesla. Yeah. But, That's true. But yeah, you look at a lot of these areas and and kind of take that into consideration. If your cash flow numbers aren't where they want it to be, well, look, and we can't tell the future. A lot of people ask us, like, what's the value of this home going to be in five years? Well, yeah, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. What we can do is look at history and see. You mentioned there are a few areas that have, you know, seen, what, 30%? A lot of areas, 30%, and the highest I've seen was 50%. Which is, that's just stupid. You can't get 30% return. No, not in, a in any investment. Year over year. That's, you're talking about a year. Year over year. Yeah. Which is just insane. And that's not going to, it's not going to continue. Thirty percent every year. No, but it's a nice little start. You know, if you bought something last year. And the best thing to do is look at look at one year, look at two years, but then look at five years and just see the rate of yep. progression over those over those years, and it'll come up with a pretty solid number. I'm in an area right now, seven eight seven four one zip code that has done ten to twenty percent in the last few years yep. over and over. It's like it's insane. And look at what's driving it. You know. Mm-hmm. In seven eight seven four one, we've got this whole new downtown planned. Yep. You know, over the next fifteen years, they're putting in apartments, condos, retail, a hospital, and you're uh, still a within medical offices. Sorry, twelve minutes of the actual downtown, right near downtown. 
So like, okay, if that's coming, if that's planned for the next 15 years, we're probably going to continue to see growth. It's mm-hmm. not like in a year, it's just going to stop and people are going to stop wanting to move there. Right. Not to mention you have like old dumpy houses that probably should be torn down or yep. are getting torn down. And then you have this beautiful house next to it. So there's a lot of turnover happening there. So much of it. Gentrification. So mm-hmm. look at the appreciation. Don't only rely on cash flow, even if you are looking to, to buy and hold as a, as a rental. Tighter cash flow is okay in the short term. Absolutely. Tip number five. Hmm. <laughs> if interested in flipping, have a team of trusted contractors lined up before finding a property. So let's just let's just branch off on that a little bit. We, we briefly touched upon that. Um, for anybody interested in getting into the fix and flip game, if I were to give one bit of advice, that would be to treat it like a full-time job and like a business. You need to get your systems and your processes in order, and you need to have a backup plan to your backup plans because things will go wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not house hunters or, you know, one of the, I think, HGTV glorified fixing and flipping. You find a nasty yeah. house, 30 minutes later, the house 30 is 30 minutes perfect. later, it's, yeah. Exactly. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I've got this book that I really opened my eyes to fixing flipping called the Real Estate Rehab Investing Bible. Don't worry, there's no religious uh, references in here. It's just all about real estate investing. And I'll, I'll touch upon one point that really stuck out, and that was your pay schedule for your contractors. Even that is is a system and a process. You don't want to pay them all up front at once and it explains why. You also don't want to pay them all at once at the end and that explains why they're. And these are things you would just never think of unless you really do your research and your homework on fixing and flipping. So definitely educate yourself and take it seriously. And it can, I mean, these things can turn into, it can literally take your deal that had great numbers and create a shit storm out of it. Sure, sure. One example, uh, South Austin had a client where the plumber uh, busted one of the tie rods in the foundation. Mm. Crack. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Then what? <laughs> and then they had to get uh, they had to disclose it on the seller's disclosure. They had to get permitting to fix it again. And the permitting process, as you all know, it takes a very long time mm-hmm. to push through. And the holding costs added up and it ate into our profits. Yeah. And that was an accident. That was a mistake on the on the plumber. I think another important thing is is flippers begin to build a reputation. And us as agents, if we start going in houses and realize, oh, we know that, we recognize that name. Yeah, yeah. And you start noticing the 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 flippers that cut corners. Oh, that, yep. you tell. I mean, Ones I, that are higher quality. I showed a house a few weeks ago that was it was a remodel <laughs> and I had to talk my client out of it. Like he walked in, loved everything about it. I literally had to talk him out of it because I was like, the walls weren't even completely painted. Around the fans, there was a bunch of paint missing. There was the, everything was crooked. We went into, we opened the water closet, uh, the uh, water heater closet. There was literally a baking pan, like you would cook brownies in. Underneath it? Underneath it, catching water that was dripping. Oh, that's terrible. And when you look at that, you say, if the stuff that I can see mm-hmm. looks like this, yeah, what what's happening to underneath? the stuff that when they when they first got into the house, 
and cleared everything out and there were all those underlying issues what did they what else did they brush to the side right you know so it's just like you really need to be careful and you don't want that reputation and frankly i don't think any of us want to represent a a flipper yeah because who do they come back to afterwards what the heck did you sell me yeah Yeah. so you really just got to be careful with that so building and sometimes it comes by trial and error you learn who's good and who's bad and Hope it works out. Well, that's 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 the five tips. But I have or which you, you have sorry, a bonus? Five things you need to know before investing in Austin. That's what it was, right? Yeah, I do have a bonus. Time for this week. Bonus. So the bonus is, and this is not just from a realtor talking to you, but it's find someone who knows their shit. Get a good realtor. Get a good. Get somebody who you trust that knows these things that can guide you and don't worry. You don't need to pay them up front. They work their butts off. Maybe you don't end up buying anything after all and they work for free. It happens. Yeah. So when I say get a good realtor, treat them well as well, because you know, if you are a good client, that's you're coming to them when you're ready. Um, and, and you're, you know, you're proactive. They should really, do their job and, and get you to the closing table on an investment that will do you well in the next several make years and will make you money. Big now time. it is a relationship guys. You can't just have five realtors going out on a wild, you know, goose hunt expecting to get all this work from them and then expect that they're going to, you know, give you the best uh, advice and tips because people don't work for free. It's a lot of time and effort into this. You know, I just, this happened to me yesterday. I worked with a guy for a year. He would send me 10 properties in a spreadsheet and say, what do you think? That was it. What do you think? What do I think? I mean, oh my God. (laughs) So what do you want? What do you want me to evaluate here? So literally I would go through because this was not a, this is not a cheap investor. He was looking for 600 to a million. Yeah. So I'd go through each, each property. I'd say, Look at this tax rate. You haven't taken that into consideration. Um, this builder I know has this type of reputation in this community. Here's the percentage increase. Like I really broke it down for him, and I would spend a couple hours. Oh, yeah. And he did this to me at least three, four times. A couple hours, you know, going through this, and and then he'd say, "Okay, thanks, appreciate it." And then I wouldn't hear from him for two months. I'm like, "What the hell?" And it was frustrating because it's like I don't know what his level is. And guess what? Called him last uh, two weeks ago. Hey, just wanted to touch bases. You know, I know your your timeline is coming to a close. Where are you at? He's like, yep, I'm coming back to Austin. I'm ready to get going. We're going to start looking hard. Um, so I'm ready to go. And it's like, okay, cool. And I know that, you know, all those months of time has really just led to this point where mm-hmm. now now he, he understands the market a bit and, and there's an education process to it. So now we're ready to go. Well, yesterday I saw a place, sent it to him. Oh, we ended up finding one. Um, went under contract. It was a is a new build, and we just put in an offer with the builder directly. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And all I said was, "Man, I'm in a tough business, aren't I?" Like, I, you know, you want to you want to just say, "Fuck yeah. off." But <laughs> so so part terrible. of the find a good realtor <laughs> also be Jeez. honest with your realtor. Be honest. Oh, tell man. them. Do you have us. other people that you're talking to? Yeah. And if you do, just com- just commit to somebody for a little bit. Give them an opportunity. To do, your, to do their job. And if they're not doing it well, communicate it. Because sometimes it's just a communication thing. Yeah. 
you know, maybe they're, they're thinking their expectations are, are different than what they are and communicate that. And if it's still not working, okay, find somebody else. But I'm telling you, people put a lot of time and effort into this. If you want a good realtor, create And don't be offended if we're, um, you know, they call it on our end pre-qualifying. Mm-hmm. Don't be offended if we're asking you questions to, to see, A, how motivated you are to find investment. Yeah. And B, if you're, if you're financially qualified because – it's all part of the game, you know. It's it's all part of what we do to make sure to serve you yep. at a high level. And if we work for months and months, and then find out that you're not qualified or or you're not that serious, then it's just a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and and on that, I, I don't know how many times I've heard, "Oh, don't worry, I, I'm good for it. I got the money, and uh, I'm not going to have an issue qualifying." Uh, yeah, you until might. we actually go and talk to a, a yeah. lender, then something else. You comes don't up. actually have a job. <laughs> it's weird um so anyway all that comes down to is make sure you have the right people surrounding you with like anything in life. So, yeah and since we're on this this tangent here of education uh one, one thing to point out is that we, us agents uh, are paid on commission and commission only a lot of Precisely. people think that we are we're hourly and we're not at all um so it, it would be great to be able to show you hundred houses so you can get really get to know what you're looking for and where however that's not realistic because um if we were showing you 100 houses we couldn't show anybody else houses yeah. right so um that's why it's important to get your timing right yeah and there's a bit of a continuum okay so the more the less time we have and the more t- clients we have the more experience we are right the more time we have um that's a sign of that we're, we're going to have less experience, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, so that boils down less to our level juice. to to uh, run a business. If we if we're over leveraged or under leveraged, these are all things just to consider yeah. when you're pairing yourself up with a good realtor. I like it. Good bonus. Yeah, bonus. All right, Craig. It's that time. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's weekly each month abor comes out with their monthly market statistics and the august 2020 report was just published in august the city of austin hit its greatest median price in history and we're continuing to see double digit growth in sales prices across the entire city inside the city limits the median price point hit 435,000 smackers in august which is a 14.9% increase year over year. Goodness great. Wait a second. During a pandemic, we broke records. Oh my God. Highest <laughs> median price in history. Y'all. By 14.9%. Unflippin' real. Compared to 14.9% from last year. From last August. Which wasn't that the record breaking I mean, as I, well? Probably. Yeah. I'm it seems sure. like every month breaks a record from the past. Low interest rates, very little inventory, and lots of companies moving to Austin has some prices continuing to increase. Not to mention wildfires in California. And those daggum wildfires in California. Mm -hmm. What do you all think about this, gents? What do you think? What's going on around here? I think it's a good uh, complimentary topic to um, what we talked about for 40 minutes today. Yeah. And investing in in a... solid market with a solid foundation of growth mm. and probably 
continued projected growth yep. that's going to happen over the next 20 years. And I'm not one of those because I wasn't born and raised here. So I'm not one of those people that says, oh, my God, Austin's getting so crazy and traffic and all that. No. Mm-hmm. Like, look, it is what it is. We're going to grow no matter what. And we're seeing it happening more than ever right now. So expect a big difference. Uh, Austin, Texas has so much to offer. And so we're just in this, like, awesome little bubble in our own you know, liking that people just yeah. love to to come and embrace. So, you know um, what I will say though? What? Downtown, the tents. Mm. Oh my gosh. When I moved here in 2013, mm. I walked through the streets and was amazed at how clean of a downtown it was, mm-hmm. especially coming from Atlanta. Mm. Downtown now, it is. It's bad. But that's not, that's not, and also you say downtown. I'm thinking about where I live on Riverside. Riverside. Well, yeah. You have like, yeah, by H-E-B, there's literally tents in the medians of the road. It's like a whole town. It's ridiculous. And yeah. and that's not necessarily just the growth rate. That's that's the laws, the, the laws that have changed, yeah. which now allow these it's a whole different people to pitch topic. a tent. So, but it's just madness. That is a part of it. Be prepared for that when you come downtown. Unfortunately, oh. during this pandemic, Driving hasn't been as bad. Yeah, I mean, last year was horrible. This year, it's like, oh, it's actually nice. You can drive at five p.m. and yeah, you're cool. So traffic's fine. So anyway, some side notes. Alrighty, take us out. We really appreciate you listening. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. We're always here to help with your investing questions as well as anything real estate related. And hey, if you just want a friend, we're here. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're at tuning in from and give us that five-star rating if we deserve it. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Go drink some Blue Norther. Blue Norther. Good stuff. Mm. I finished my can. Cheers, mates. Cheers. Cheers.